Hello and welcome to This Is Your FBI from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This Is Your FBI. This Is Your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Presented transcribed as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. The Equitable Life Assurance Society has nearly 8,000 trained representatives from coast to coast, serving over 4 million members. Tonight, one of our Equitable Society representatives has a brief but important message on Social Security. The recent changes in the Social Security law mean 10 million new people are now covered for the first time. Others have had their benefits greatly increased. Considering these changes, this Christmas season is a particularly good time to take a fresh look at your future, to examine just where you stand. To help you do this job easily, the Equitable Society has revised its famous fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers. Let me advise you to listen carefully when, in about 14 minutes, Mr. Keating will tell you more about this equitable chart. Tonight, FBI file number 298. Its subject, The Christmas Season. Its title, The Return of St. Nick. The United States is a young country in the family of nations, but already it has its share of national holidays, holidays that belong to these 48 states. Those holidays are spaced from February to November, and of every one of those days, it can be said that they belong to the people of the United States exclusively. But there is one legal holiday observed in this country that does not belong to us exclusively any more than it belongs to any nation. It, too, celebrates a birthday. A birthday which has come to mean much in the hearts of millions of people. A birthday we call Christmas. Tonight's program, based on the holiday theme, has, by your request, become almost a tradition in our series. It opens in an FBI field office located in a large eastern city. It is two days before Christmas, and Special Agent Jim Taylor has just entered the office of Agent in Charge Sheridan. Morning, Jim. Good morning, sir. I've got my report here on the Henderson case. Oh, fine. Just leave it on my desk, will you? Well, you're officially on leave, aren't you, Jim? Yes, sir, as of this morning. But I wanted to hand this in before I left. No. You going out of town for the holiday? That's right, sir. Flying home this afternoon. Good. How long since you've been home on Christmas? Oh, three years. <laughs> Well, have a nice trip, Jim. Thank you, sir. And a very Merry Christmas. Same to you. Mister. Yes, what is it, son? Where's the FBI? It's right down there at the end of the hall. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait a minute. What do you want with the FBI, son? Well, we've got some trouble, and I thought they could help us. Well, I'm a special agent. You think I could help? Are you a genie man? <laughs> That's right. What kind of trouble do you have? Santa Claus is missing. Um, that is trouble. His name is Mr. Norton, and we've got to find him. We've looked all over. Who looked all over? 
All the soda fellows at the gentleman house. We won every place. All of you older fellows, huh? How old are you, son? I'll be ten next month. I see. Can you help us, mister? Well, I, I don't know. But I'll tell you what we'll do first. Let's go downstairs and get an ice cream soda, and you can tell me the whole story. Nice looking building. Here, we go in this door. Okay. Go ahead. Mr. Williams' office is in there. He's a nice man. I'm sure he is. This door here? Yes. But first we must knock. Oh, I didn't know that. Come in. Hello, Mr. Williams. Hello, Eddie. This is Mr. Taylor. How do you do, Mr. Taylor? Let me meet you, sir. Mr. Taylor is a G-man. Yes? Yes. I got him to help us find Mr. Norton. Oh, I see. Well, I've got to run now. Quiet practice starts in ten minutes. All right, Eddie, you go ahead. I'll explain everything to Mr. Taylor. I'll see you later, Eddie. Talk to you, Mr. Taylor. I'm sorry you were bothered by Eddie, Mr. Taylor. Oh, it's no bother at all, Mr. Williams. Eddie made me feel genuinely concerned. I'm sure he did. We're all very concerned about Mr. Norton. Well, if there's anything at all I can do, unofficially, of course, I'd be very happy to. That's very nice of you. What happened to this Mr. Norton? Who is he? Well, Todd Norton has worked here at the settlement house longer than anyone can remember. I've been here 15 years, and he was here when I came. I see. How old would you say he is? Well, I'd guess around 60 or 65. Mm-hmm. And his job? Nothing in particular. He did odd jobs around the house and returned for his room and board and a few dollars a month. The biggest job he had was being Santa Claus every year at the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Every child in the house was crazy about him, and he loved every one of them in return. And he said he was missing, is that true? Yes, I have no idea where he could have gone. Well, what made him leave? That's the odd part of it. No one seems to know. Yesterday, he sent in one of the boys with a note to me saying he was leaving immediately. I see. I went to his room and he was gone. I'm afraid it's not going to be much of a Christmas for the children without Pop. Now, Mr. Williams, do you mind if I take a look around his room? Well, not at all. Maybe I can find something there that will lead us to where Santa Claus is hiding. Mr. 
Mr. Williams, do you know these two women who came here yesterday? One of them was a Mrs. Chester. She's on the board of governors. She brought a wealthy friend of hers to try to interest her in contributing to the house. I see. And do you know this friend's name? No, I don't. But I can find it out from Mrs. Chester. Oh, I'd appreciate you doing that. Hetty, you ready for your assignment? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I want you to go to the library down the street and see if Mr. Norton is there. Yes, sir. And if he's not there, you wait around for him. I think he might come in for some new books. Sheridan, may I see you a minute? Why, certainly, Jim. Come on in. I thought you'd be on your way home by now. <laughs> so did I. Well, what happened? Well, when I left your office this morning, a young boy stopped me in the hall and asked me for some help. Yeah? Well, what kind of help? Well, he belongs to the Murray Street Settlement House, and it seems that there's Santa Claus. It's just... <laughs> he wanted us to find him. I, I went back with him, and I talked to the head of the house. Well, what's the story? Well, this Mr. Norton has worked at the Settlement House for, oh, about 30 years, and then yesterday he suddenly quit. Uh, why? Well, nobody seems to know, sir, except that he saw two women come in. He hid in a closet until they left and packed his belongings and disappeared. I see. I know this isn't our case, sir, but well, I'd like to ask a favor. What is it? We have no picture of this man, sir, and I'd like to have an artist go over to the settlement house, talk to the kids, and make up a composite picture of Mr. Norton. Well, what do you want that for? Well, I have a hunch that Mr. Norton's still in the neighborhood. I'd like to circulate the picture and see if we can't get him back to the settlement house in time to be Santa Claus again this year. Well, now, what about your trip home, Jim? Oh, it can wait a day. I don't mind. All right. Go ahead. We'll find an artist, and more than that, you can use any facilities we've got. Thank you very much. Sheldon speaking. Is Mr. Taylor there? Yes, just a moment. You, Jim. Oh, thank you, sir. Hello. Hello, Mr. Taylor. Oh, hello, Mr. Williams. I've got that information for you. Oh, that's fine. The woman with Mrs. Chester yesterday was a Mrs. Norman Montgomery. She lived at 310 North Jackson Avenue. Mrs. Norman Montgomery, 310 North Jackson. Thank you very much, Mr. Williams. She must have been the one Pop was afraid of. Oh, why do you say that? Well, Mrs. Chester's been on friendly terms with Pop for 15 years. Oh, I see. Oh, Mr. Williams, I'm sending an artist over. I'd appreciate you letting him talk to all of the children so that he can make up a composite picture of Mr. Norton for us. We'll do anything we can to help, Mr. Taylor. Fine. He should be there in about, oh, half an hour. All right. Oh, wait a minute. Eddie wants to talk to all you. Right. Here he is. Hello, Mr. Taylor. Hello, Eddie. What did you find out? Nothing. I went to the library like you said, but Pop never came. Well, you go back there, Eddie, and keep watching. Don't give up so easily. All right, Mr. Taylor. I'll go back right now. Not a boy. And Eddie... You tell all of your friends up there that if it's at all possible for the FBI to find Santa Claus, we'll have him there tomorrow night for that party. Just a moment, please. Mrs. Montgomery? Yes. My name is Taylor. I'm from the FBI. Here are my credentials, ma'am. What can I do for you, Mr. Taylor? Oh, I'd like to come in and talk to you, if you don't mind. Well, come in. Thank you. What is it you want? Well, I'm checking up on something, and I'd like to ask you a few questions. Oh, what sort of question? Well, the first one would be, were you at the Murray Street Settlement House yesterday? Oh, yes, I was with Mrs. Chester. What has that to do with you? Well, that has nothing to do with me, Mrs. Montgomery, but it might have something to do with the man who disappeared. What are you talking about? Well, this man who disappeared seemed to be afraid of being seen by you, according to what I can gather. Why? Well, that's merely a theory, Mrs. Montgomery. Why would he be afraid of me? Well, that's what we don't know. Who is this man? Well, this is a 
composite picture made by one of the artists in our office. There you are. Do you recognize him? Yes, I do. I haven't seen or talked with him in 30 years, but I know him. Oh, who is he? He's my brother, Kenneth. Why would your own brother try to avoid you? He had a good reason. What's that, Mrs. McGillan? Kenneth is a common thief. Just a minute to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. Now, a short announcement from the Equitable Life Assurance Society on its famous fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers. This year, there has been an unprecedented demand for this fact-finding chart. Our revised 1950 edition is practically exhausted. So, better make a note to ask your Equitable Society representative for your copy right away. This is the last time you will be reminded to do so on this program. Remember... This 1950 edition of the chart has been revised to take into account the recent changes in the Social Security Act. These changes mean that the Social Security benefits of 35 million Americans have been increased 50 to 100 percent. And the names of an additional 10 million of our citizens have been added to the Social Security rolls. In either case, the equitable fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers is just what the doctor ordered. When you get this chart, you pretend for a few minutes that the breadwinner of your family has died before his time. The family's regular monthly income is cut off, but the children still need shoes, a roof over their heads, nourishing food. And how much is all that going to cost? The fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers will give you a reliable and accurate answer. With their new Social Security benefits, how many additional dollars will they need every week until the youngest child finishes high school? In five minutes, the fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers gives you an answer that you can trust guides you every step of the way with simple, easy-to-understand pictures. Once you have the facts before you, you can plan intelligently. Chances are that with your present life insurance and your new Social Security benefits, only a small amount of additional life insurance will mean complete security. Your equitable representative will be glad to work out a sound and economical program for you. In any event, the first step is to ask him for a copy of the revised fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers. No charge, of course, and no obligation. So get in touch with your equitable representative soon. All right, care of this station, to the Equitable Life Assurance Society. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Return of St. Nick. Hate is a vicious emotion which feeds upon itself and becomes greater as time goes on. It utterly destroys every person it possesses because it ruins their judgment by robbing them of their ability to see both sides of any question. Ultimately, it must warp the mind to such a degree that only a paramount shock can restore any degree of mental balance. As you can see from tonight's case from the files of your FBI, hate can make two members of the same family stop talking for 30 years for a period of time that is almost half the allotted time of man on earth. That kind of hatred can consume a person, an industry, or a nation. For when a nation hates that way, the lone possible outlet 
is war. No one person can prevent a war between nations. But every one of you can make this a much finer holiday season for yourself by resolving to live your life with full dignity as a human being and full respect for the rights of every other human being on the face of the earth. Tonight's file continues in the apartment of Mrs. Montgomery. Mr. Taylor, I assume that your business with me is concluded. Yes, I'm afraid it is, Mrs. Montgomery, and I'm sorry, because you're the one person I hope could help us find your brother. What do you want to find him for? To arrest him? No, indeed, no. Now, until his disappearance, he worked at the Murray Street Settlement House, and the children there love him. It's very important to them that he be found so that he can play Santa Claus at their Christmas party. Well, I haven't seen him for 30 years. I have no idea where he might be, and frankly, I don't care. Mrs. Montgomery, why do you believe your brother is a thief? Would you mind telling me? Well, if you promise to keep it confidential. I naturally want no publicity. No, I assure you, your story will not be publicized. Yeah, very well. More than 30 years ago, shortly after my father's death, Kenneth forged my name to a check for $10,000. How did you find out that he did it? <laughs> it's perfectly obvious. He was an irresponsible young man, and shortly after the forgery, he suddenly had a lot of money. Anyone ask him where he got it? Yes, he said he made it as a result of an investment. Of course, that was a lie. Did uh, you discover the forgery yourself, Mrs. Montgomery? No, I didn't, but a Mr. Bryant, who was the executor of my father's estate and an old friend of the family, found out about it. And he came and told me. Uh -huh. You never prosecuted the matter? No, Mr. Bryant convinced me that I shouldn't risk ruining our family's name. Mrs. Montgomery, did it ever occur to you that your brother might have been telling you the truth? You couldn't have. Well, if you don't mind my saying so, I think that anyone who has his record with children deserves more of a break than that. Uh, do you by any chance still have that forged check? Yes, I have it. And would you have any samples of your brother's handwriting of that period? Yes, I kept all of the papers in the case in a special file. Do you have that file handy? Yes. I wonder if I might borrow it. For what purpose? Well, I'd like to see if a hunch I have about your brother's innocence is correct. Hello, Mr. Taylor. Oh, hello, Eddie. Have a chair. Well, thank you. Well, Eddie, Eddie, what are you doing wearing a mustache? Well, I bought a disguise kit, Mr. Taylor, so I could stay at the library and watch out for Mr. Norton without him recognizing me. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, tell me, did you see Mr. Norton? Yes, I did. You did? When? Well, he didn't show up at all last night. I stayed until the library closed. Mm -hmm. Well, you told me to stay on it, so I went back this morning, and he came to the library about 10 o'clock. Talk to him? I tried to talk to him. But he said he didn't know me. He did? Yeah. So I took off the red wig I was wearing, but he still said he didn't know me. Didn't think he'd do that. And then he turned around and walked out of the library. I trailed him, just like I saw a detective do in the movie. Where'd he go? I wrote down the address, Mr. Taylor. Uh, here it is. 71 Vernon Avenue. 71 Vernon. That's not far from the settlement house, is it? No. It's only about two blocks. Uh, good work, partner. Here's that report from handwriting, Mr. Taylor. Oh, thanks very much. What's that, Mr. Taylor? Oh, I had some papers analyzed by our handwriting experts, eh? Are you going to go to see Pop now? In a little while, Eddie. First, I've got another call to make. Look, you go back over to the settlement house. I'll see you there later on.
morning, Mr. Montgomery. Good morning. May I come in? Surely. Thank you. I have some news about your brother. What kind of news? Well, I took your file of papers down to the handwriting analysis department at our office. Why did you do that? Because I wanted them to study the signature on that forged check and then to compare it with samples of your brother's handwriting. I don't understand why you had them do all that. Well, Mrs. Montgomery, when this crime was committed, modern scientific handwriting analysis was not used in cases of this kind. So? Well, so today it's possible for experts to examine handwriting and to make a sound judgment based on their study. Well, those experts have just written a report stating that your brother did not forge that check. I can't believe it. Well, nevertheless, it's true. I know it isn't very polite to speak ill of the dead, but according to the report, the executor of the estate, Mr. Bryant, is the man who forged that check. Mr. Bryant? That's right. Hmm. I don't know what to say. Well, I think that whatever you do have to say ought to be said to your brother. But he's disappeared. He was found this afternoon in a rooming house on Vernon Avenue. Mr. Taylor, I'm not a young woman anymore. And about all I have left is my pride. Will you ask Kenneth to come to see me tonight? Well, I, I'm sorry, Mrs. Montgomery, but I think your brother has some pride himself. After all, he ran away when he was innocent. No, I'd suggest that if you want to see him, you'll meet us. Where? Well, if everything goes well, we'll be at the settlement house at 8 o'clock tonight. Mr. Norton? That's right. Well, I'd like to talk to you, sir. Come in. Thank you. Mr. Norton, I'm from the FBI. Here are my credentials. Well, what do you want here? Well, I came up to ask you to come back to the settlement house. I'm sorry, but I... I don't think that's any of your business. You're quite right, sir, it isn't. May I ask you a question? What is it? Why did you leave? Oh, well, I, I just got tired of listening to all those kids yelling and screaming in my ears. I find it pretty difficult to believe, sir, that anyone who spent 30 years with children as you have would suddenly get to dislike them that much. Well, maybe that's not the reason. Maybe I've got reasons of my own that I, I don't want to talk about. Could it uh, possibly be because of your sister? Who told you that? Well, I'm sorry if I seem to have pried into your affairs, Mr. Norton, but I've been to see your sister. What for? Well, I went there because I was trying to find you. She uh, told me about that check for $10,000. She did? Yes, and with the aid of the FBI laboratory, we showed your sister that you didn't forge her name. Mr. Bryant was the guilty one. What did you say? I said Mr. Bryant was the one who forged that check. How do you know that? Handwriting analysis proved it. Uh-huh. You told this to my sister? Yes, sir. Oh. Did she believe you? Yes, sir, she did. And she'd like to see you. She'd like to try to make amends. I asked her to come to the settlement house tonight. I don't want to see her. Oh, no, Mr. Norton. Oh. Mr. Norton, it's Christmas Eve. Uh -uh. There's no time to feel that way. She's coming to the settlement house. I I won't go back. Oh, now, look, Mr. Norton, you're not going to let all of those kids down. Well, now, I just on, told please. you that Put on I your won't... coat. Now, if, if well... we hurry, we can get there for the beginning of the party. Oh, 
snow just in time. Kids will be happy. <laughs> you know, it makes it seem more like Christmas when it snows. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> well, here we are. You go ahead, Mr. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little late. I, I suppose the party's already started. I think so. I better hurry upstairs and get into my Santa Claus suit. Oh, it's in Mr. Williams' office. He told me to bring you right. Oh, fine, fine. You go ahead in, sir. I'll wait for you out here. Well, thank you. Hello, Kendall. Grace. Mr. Taylor was kind enough to invite me to the party. Yes, I. I know, I know. <laughs> I haven't changed much. Society representative. On behalf of nearly 8,000 Equitable Society representatives, I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Next week, phone or drop a note to your nearest Equitable man. He'll be glad to bring you the fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers, revised to fit the new Social Security benefit. Or send a postcard, care of this radio station, to the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. 
The incidents used in tonight's transcribed Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Victor Rodman, Jeffrey Silver, Peggy Weber, Roland Winters, and Carlton Young. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating wishing you a merry, merry Christmas from the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. And inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time to This is Your FBI. Stay tuned for the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. There's fun for the whole family when Ozzie and Harriet come your way next.